Welcome to Play by Players, an MLSPA podcast. This show is brought to you by the players and is all about the players, both past and present, who have plied their trade in MLS. You'll hear about each player's journey into the game, their careers and life after the game, on the field and off. It's all on the table. Now here's your host, former MLS player, Bobby Boswell. Welcome to another episode of Play by Players. I am your host, Bobby Boswell. Today we are joined by a Catalonian international. He has over 220 games in all competition, which includes Major League Soccer for Sporting KC and Orlando FC. He has played in Liga Portugal, La Liga 2. He has appeared in the UEFA Champions League, the Europa League, the CONCACAF Champions League. He has represented Catalonian international play. He is an MLS Cup champion. He is, and I'm gonna pronounce this wrong, a Taca de Portugal Cup champion. Uh, which is their version of the Open Cup. Please welcome to the podcast, Yuri Rossell. Hello, thank you so much. Well, thank you for joining us today. How How is everything winding down in KC? I know the, the season didn't go necessarily the way you thought, but uh, you know how, how are you doing mentally, physically, and what are your plans for the, uh, the offseason? Yeah, definitely. We, we wanted to, to be in the playoffs. We, we were pretty much close to getting to the final with the U.S. Cup, which was exciting. Fortunately, we didn't make it, but, uh, you know, there's years that are going better than others. And, and obviously, we will have to learn from that. But outside of that, really happy. Uh, I'm healthy, which, you know, in, in the world of soccer, it's, it's not always uh, um, the healthy part is there. So I'm, 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 pretty, I'm pretty happy with that. Well, I am very excited to have you on today for a variety of reasons. Um, one is I love that you're saying soccer when I know it's not natural <laughs> for you, uh, but that just shows you, you've you been in uh, in the U.S. for a while now. Uh, but there are a ton of things that even in my career and even in my post-career, people have always asked me, oh, did you ever play against uh, Barcelona? Did you ever play against Ronaldo yeah. or, or Messi? Um, I can only imagine someone in your situation, the amount of questions that you've gotten. But today on the podcast, I hope to uh, ask some of those questions that you've gotten before and, and let fans, uh, you know, we joke that people in the locker room don't always know what's going on. So the casual fan might not understand it as well either. But uh, we're going to dive into your story now and, uh, you know, feel free to, to educate us today as I know you're a, you're, you're a good educator. So your story starts in Spain. I, I'm going to butcher this, but it, it's, is it Puig Rig? Uh, how do, how do you... <laughs> Yeah, it's Puig Puig Okay, Purej. I don't roll my Purej. R's. Um, I, I've been known <laughs> to butcher words, but I know you've shared a locker room with Graham Zussi and Matt Beasler, so you should be used to Americans uh, with the lack of rhythm in their tongue. Um, well, that's funny that you say that because maybe two days ago we were talking about, because those guys are learning Spanish, uh, and, and they were like having flashcards while we are having breakfast. Uh, and, and we were kind of making a joke because they, they, you guys cannot roll the R's, right? Like we do. And, and they were trying and trying and, and, and there's no change. And so when you did it, it was kind of fun. Yeah, no, I've, uh, people are used to me not being fluent. Um, and, and I, I've studied Spanish. I grew up in South Florida, so I, I, I was always been around Spanish and, I feel like I'm saying it correctly and people always give me this look, but um, <laughs> in, in your case, um, you know, I know we're going to talk a little bit about your education and, and how important it is to you, but um, you know, your English has always been very good from the time uh, you came to MLS. Is that, has that been, you know, made the, 
transition? I know you learned it pretty quickly, but that had to make your transition a lot easier in terms of uh, speaking to people like me who don't know Spanish. Right, right. When I arrived, uh, I I knew what I learned in the in the schools, but it's not like great, great. Um, so I had to to learn on the hard way, which was speaking to my my teammates, trying to to get you know when you having breakfast or lunch or whatever, trying to be in their tables, even if I sometimes didn't get it. But it was more to get to get used to and and get the environment kind of. Um, Help me on on getting uh, into speed on that. So, yeah, but definitely once once you are able to communicate yourself with with teammates helps a lot. Well, let's uh, we got a little uh, off topic there. Let's talk about where you were born and where you're from. Can you tell the the listeners what it was like, you know, and not only your hometown, but what it was like growing up in in Spain? That's just such a it's rich in a lot of things, but especially in, in terms of soccer and football. Right. Yeah, um, so I think one of the, the most important differences uh, is that each town kind of has their own club. Uh, no matter if the, the town is 2,000 2, people, 4,000, 10,000, 60,000, they have a, a soccer club there. So like, a, let's, let's call it like academy, but they have also like senior people playing, which is, uh, when I came here, it was... It wasn't there, right? You have the uh, the big MLS franchise, and then you have other academies, but they don't have like a uh, a team on the over twenty years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was one of the, the 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 things that I would like to highlight. But uh, my town um, has four thousand people, a small one. Um, I grew up very happy. I could bike everywhere i pretty much knew every everyone there um you know when you were a kid you had the freedom uh, to play at school until it, it got dark um yeah I, and also like culinary style we are very rich on like um very good um healthy food from farm to table uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some Spanish ham and some paella a little bit later. There, there you go. Yeah. I, I was gonna I was gonna bring it up, but I've I've never played with a Spaniard that didn't brag about their <laughs> soccer uh, and their food where they're from. So um, yeah. that's uh that's I spent some time with Jose Andres in DC. Um, okay. I know some really good um, Spanish chefs, but also everyone I think that's from the the Mediterranean and in Spain and those parts of the world consider themselves great chefs. So we'll talk about that in a second. Um, most soccer players, professional at least, they grew up playing soccer from the time uh, they had a ball, the time they could walk. Um, I feel like in your case, talking about the, the town you grew up in, I'm assuming that it's very similar, that you, you always had a soccer ball and that you always knew you wanted to be a professional player. Yeah, so when I was young, um, I was playing at, in school every, every break. And I think I got the, I got to love the game very early, uh, but I didn't play in any academy or club until I was maybe seven or eight, which is is kind of late these days. But I, I I wanted to be with my friends. My friends were playing there, so I I asked my dad, say dad, can I can I go join them and and play in a in the Purets club? And and obviously I went there and and started there. But but yeah, I think. 
everybody, even these days uh, in at the school, they 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 love to play soccer. Yeah, and and it's uh it's great that you talk about your connection there because I know you've you put on uh, several clinics back home. Is that right? You, you, yeah, you give back to right. the community, and I yeah. imagine in a small community that's um you know you're one of the one of the guys that made it. It has to be a really really uh, right. fun thing for you to do. Absolutely, and you know seeing the 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 friends of uh, kids being being there supporting you trying to learn from you it was it, it meant a lot to me especially because uh, very close they were doing other uh, soccer camps FC Barcelona was doing a soccer camp and I didn't they didn't have as many people as I had so it, it meant a lot because I I was there I was showing every day I was part of the the trainings and I think they 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 love that. That's really cool. I, I mentioned, um, you know, that you're, you're Catalonian. For those that don't know, I'm sure you get this a lot, but um, I feel like a lot of people don't know, especially like my friends back home are just now getting into following football around the world. And they're asking me about rivalries. And I was talking about the Catalonians and they're like, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. Can you right. tell the listeners just, um, they don't, a lot of people don't realize that that you consider yourself autonomous, you know, from Spain, um, which we're going to uh, dive into the international game you played in. Um, but talk to, you know, talk to the listeners about what it means to be Catalonian to you and, and kind of, uh, you know, as a culture, what that means in Spain. Right. Right. So uh, the difference is we, we speak another language. We speak Catalan. Uh, we obviously learn Spanish as well. So, Right from the get-go, we, we speak two languages and the rest of Spain, they just speak Spanish uh, unless you are in the Basque country, which they, they uh, uh, speak Basque and, um, and Spanish as well. So starting for that, culturally-wise, we speak another languages. We have a, a lot of different, uh, like, big uh, parties that, that have been there for ages that it's our, in our heritage, our culture, um, that the rest of Spain, they, they don't do. Um, also, food is, you can see that there are different things uh, compared to Spain. So that, that would be probably the, the most different things compared to the rest of Spain. Yeah, and I, I don't mean this as a joke, um, but you have to kind of consider it the the we always joke that the Spanish Federation would never let you be independent, the soccer federation, because they would lose almost all of their good players um, exactly. to, uh, from the country. So the argument is the the sports department, not just their basketball too, that they would lose all of their players to to the Catalonian region. Um, yeah. and and you know that's a testament one to uh, I know I said it was a joke, but that is a testament to the the quality of of players that is produced. For sure, if you start looking at in different, not even soccer, as you said, different basketball, uh, other other sports, there are a lot of uh, Catalans that have become professional. If you compare it to the rest of Spain, which I don't know if it's the, the mentality that we have be, been given from families or culturally, but definitely. Um, even not going even further. If you look at the, the Spanish national team, you will see probably eight, 10 guys from Catalonia. 
Yeah, no, it's an impressive list. I normally rattle names off for people, but uh, these guys don't need to. Everyone knows who they are. They don't need their names rattled off. Um, uh, many in MLS know that you are a graduate of Barcelona's youth program called, and I'm probably going to butcher this too, La Masia de Can Planes or La Masia for short. La Masia, La Masia. La Masia, okay. Let's stick with that. We'll edit the other part out. Um, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you, you started with, was it Espanol? Or where, where did you yeah. start your, your first yeah. youth, youth program? Yeah, so I, I was in, in my hometown, Purrej. Then I went to Manresa, which is a, a bigger town. And, and from then, I was about to get to Real Madrid. But um, I went there, everybody, everything was fine. But since I was really young, I had to leave everything. I just lived there. My parents, they had to stay uh, at the town. I had to leave the friends and everything. But I knew that was a big opportunity. So kinda, I say yes. And three days after, literally, they, the Espanol called me and say. Hey, we want you. We will offer a, a taxi. There are other guys uh, that don't live in Barcelona, which is where the, the team plays, right? Uh, and and we'll we'll pay a taxi, and and they pick you up from the from the school. You don't have to leave your house. And I was like, oof, I, I, I'm gonna do that. So uh, at that time, I I made that decision to to go to Espanol, uh, and the following year, I went to to Barca. Yeah, and, and you joined Barca, um, what, what, do you remember what age? Is it 14 or were you younger than that? Uh, I was I was probably 13, 14, yeah. And, and was that, I, I'd have to imagine, uh, you talked about Real Madrid. Um, I would imagine those were maybe the two teams that were your, on your bucket list, dream, dream, uh, dream opportunities. Right, yeah. Uh, when at the youth, usually Espanol and Barca are the ones who are competing because Madrid is in the other region. So you don't get to play them unless there's like a, a big tournament or something. But like um, league-wise, you would play always. The, the big rivalry would be Espanol versus, versus Barca in the youth. So uh, being able to, to, to play for both teams, it was, it was an honor, an honor for me. And I, I obviously tried to try to do my best because I knew that every year there was, was a big milestone. Yeah. And, and, and talk to us a little bit about the, the mentality. Um, you know, if you, if you would like, I know you've been vocal in, in other interviews about some of the players that you looked up to that were there. Um, some of the players that were not just, you know, in the academy, but on the, the first team, things like that. But uh, just just talk about what the mentality is to, to survive at a, at a club like Barcelona. Yeah. Um, for me, I took it more as, a, as an opportunity to learn as much as possible. And, and I think that helped a lot because I was willing to uh, take the advice from the coaches, the, take the, the feedback in a good way. Uh, and, and, and I was there to learn and as you learn and you go there thinking okay maybe this may be my last year here uh it kind of gives you a, a, an extra an extra thing that that i think that's the, the thing that made me go through each year yeah no that's uh that's incredible and and you know again the the the, the players are uh world household names now i joked around that um, you know, getting ready for this, that you, you were looking up to, uh, 
to, to Shabby and I was in college, I was looking up to a guy that uh, lifted weights and quit soccer to be a, a model. So it's kind of a, kind of a different experience uh, from one guy to the next, um, you know, but that's, that's maybe not fair to all Americans, but, but that was, that was my experience. Um, you know, when you came to MLS and, and I'm getting a little ahead of it, we're not going to go there yet, but Peter Vermes, um, he had a he had a great quote that I, I loved. He, he he said he didn't realize that you were such a good interceptor of the ball and that you read the game so well because they just didn't see it on tape or they didn't see it in, in games they watch. And um, it's kind of a testament to the style of play for Barcelona, right? Like you guys have possession the entire time, so right. no one knows if you're even good at defense. Um, <laughs> you know, is that something that that you knew you were good at, or did you kind of you know? I would imagine every club you went to after Barca, um, you were used to possession at, at Barca to right. some style that was very different than, than right. where you played. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So when, when I came to Sporting KC first, uh, I was around 19, 20 years old and, and coming from Barca to come here, it was, it was a big of, of a transition, but, but definitely because we wanted to have the ball and play and try to simulate what Barca did. He kind of met me in the middle. So it wasn't like a big, big, big gap. Uh, and since we had the ball pretty much all the time, it, it, was, it made my, my life way, way easier and the transition way better. That's great. Well, you, you moved through the youth programs that you talked about there. Uh, you know, you talked about going to, to KC, but first you were with Barcelona B. You had a handful um, of appearances there. What, what was, if you had to explain to people what that experience was like, I know everyone loves to do the, you know, okay, La Liga 2, what would they beat MLS? Um, I played with a lot of guys that were in La Liga 2, and they were some of the better players on the teams I played on. Um, I think Spain is just known for their technical ability more than anything. If you're not a good, if you don't have a good first touch, you're probably not in the first three or four divisions. Um, right. But but for those that aren't familiar with it, talk a little bit about what that experience is like playing in, in La Liga 2, um, you know, because you are being uh, – you're in first-team trainings with, with the La Liga teams and, um, you know, you're playing against them in friendly sometimes in, in those Open Cup-type competitions. Um, what, what was it like for you? Definitely, uh, it's a big step um, to be there and be able to play because you find a lot of – veteran players that been in the league so much and 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 they know they know the ins and outs and when you are that young probably 17 18 take that step you are basically competing with full bodies like power uh, uh, experience so you gotta beat them with your feet and and also thinking about it right so for me it was a, a learning process um Every time I was training with the first team, it was uh, I was like amazed how good those guys were. Seeing Messi train, uh, having Pep Guardiola as a as a coach, uh, we would do the the rondos, the five v twos, and those guys were flying. It was it was a joke because as a, as a young guy, you we would start doing rondos every day uh, at the beginning of training, so the young guys would have to start in the middle to run, right? And to recover the ball. And then you, you, you go out five v twos. So <laughs> every time I, I was going with the first team, I had to start pressing uh, those drills that is just for fun, right? But by the end of those drills, I was dead. 
because <laughs> I was running for two minutes in the middle, then you recover, then you don't have the, the perfect pass to give it to Iniesta, but you look at him and say, no, no, I'm going, it doesn't matter. If it, you know, if there's a little bit of a challenge, uh, you are going in and then by the end of the, the warm-up, you are dead. So that was, that oh, was that's cool. awesome. That's that's awesome. I, I'm as a fan, I'm, I'm excited to hear that. Um, let's talk about how how did MLS, you know, come to your attention? Uh, how did you know? Did you, you know, can you tell listeners, you know, did you did you have an agent that looked at that, or did did right. MLS approach you? How did you end up uh, finding out about MLS and and, and and the whole process? Right. Yeah. Uh, there's an agent that brought me brought me up the opportunity, plus with Peter Vermes as well. He played in Figueras in, in Catalonia. So he knew that he wanted to play a more Barca style. And and yeah, everything aligned and, and they presented me the opportunity. And I was was very happy that uh, with the project, the way they, they sold it to me and and it was it was a success from the beginning. Yeah, did you did you know anything about the league, or or was it kind of a, a learning? Once you made the decision, I think I'm going to do this. Then you then you started diving into it. Uh, I knew about the league. Um, obviously, uh, I had to learn a lot, but just having the opportunity to um, to be important in in a project, uh, I felt really welcome here and and. And the league wasn't as big as it is now, but I saw that there, there was also an opportunity here. Um, and yeah, and then, then I came and went, went great. Yeah, so you, you signed with Sporting, um, Sporting KC. I have to say Sporting KC with you because of what happens next. But um, you signed with Sporting KC in the summer of 2012. Um, I remember it because it created a, a lot of buzz, um, kind of similar with what happened with Ricky Puig Forgive me if I said it wrong again. Pooch, 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 Pooch. I'm, Pooch. I should, I should know that. Uh, with Pooch, Pooch earlier this season, um, you weren't the first person in MLS from La Masia. If uh, New York Red Bull fans will remember Albert uh, Salatus, I, or Salatus, yeah. I think is how you said it. He, uh, I actually played against, against him in 2009. Um, he actually went on to become a, a pretty good manager. Uh, I think he coached at Valencia, and then he was the assistant with the Spanish national team in Real Madrid. Um, the difference was he was, I think, 34, 35 when he signed and you were 20 years old. Right. So there was a lot more excitement, um, you know, in my opinion, about a, a guy coming in that was that had a lot of juice left in his legs versus a guy on his way out. What were your expectations going to KC, considering the buzz that you did get? Because it was a pretty big deal for MLS to sign you and, um, you know, have have you come to our league? Yeah. The, the the first thing was I just want to make sure that I can give my best and 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 I was in the perfect place in the right time. Uh, I think the organization Sporting KC gave me everything I needed at the, at that time. I was really happy being uh, in a different country. I was open to learn uh, the language, to to learn culturally how. Um, Americans are, and, and I think that helped me a lot. You know, the pre, the predisposition to learn. That's that's something that you wanna uh, find if you have to sign a player, I guess. Uh, but the club made it so easy. The the staff and the coaches uh, gave me the opportunity to to be my best, and and I'm super grateful for that. 
Yeah, and then as far as off the field, because a lot of times it's not the on the field stuff that that makes the most sense to guys that that come from a foreign place. In your case, you're European. You have very good public transportation in Europe uh, to go to the middle of America, where you know we drive everywhere. You know, it takes an hour to get somewhere easy. Um, what, what was was that one of the harder things? I know we talked about the the food. You know, was was very different. Um, right. You know, you go from eating healthy, uh, you know, Mediterranean diet to uh, barbecue sauce on everything. But what, what was what do you remember was tough in terms of the transition off the field? Probably the beginning, the, the language, because as, as we spoke before, I, I didn't know. I knew some words, obviously, but I, but I wasn't great at it, and and I had to to catch up with that. Also, it was a challenge for me, which was great. But the first the first uh, months were were a little bit uh, <laughs> challenging. Let let's put it this way. I have a, a example that I always tell. But uh, when we were at the uh, uh, in my apartment, every time I was walking out, I would see a paper in my door. And, and I was like, I, I, what is this? I, I, you know, and I was keeping, I was looking at it and I was like, no, I, probably publicity or something. Every time was the same until one day that I, that I see eviction and it's kind of, it's kind of the same in Spanish. So like, maybe this is some, something serious. So I went to the club and say, what is this? And they say, are you not paying rent? And I was like, well, I gave them my credit card. So I thought they were like taking it out every month. But they they weren't they weren't doing that, so I had to go there and, and pay every every two weeks or every month. So for me, that that was uh, the big the big shock at the beginning that there are things that uh, um, are done differently, and until you don't get these things, it's it's kind of interesting. Another thing was the credit; you gotta build credit, right? And I was like, it doesn't make sense. But but when you are here. Uh, long time, it, it kind of makes sense. So all of these things uh, adds adds up. And the other one, the, the big one, is is food. Um, obviously, uh, when you come from from where I come, Mediterranean cuisine, um, you there are a lot of ingredients that you cannot find here. Um, Spanish but ham. now, Spanish ham, exactly. That's that's my that's <laughs> Have my. Have you found it yet? Has anyone brought it or no? You 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 can find it online, but it, it it's very expensive. Okay, well, I think it's interesting that eviction is the universal language. Um, yeah. You know, and, and and good old America would get you in debt as soon as we can. So, um, you know, that's that's a joke. Well, let's talk about your 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 play on the field. You you come in. I think uh, Julio Cesar was uh, was already there. Um, I'm not going to say anything badly about him he was a really lovely guy I love playing against him but he was also kind of on his way out I think he was a little slower um as he aged um and I remember because that was a big rivalry the Houston uh, KC rivalry when I was when when right. I was a part of it and you were you were stepping into it and that first year you really had a coming out party kind of at the end of the year right. um you know leading into the playoffs um you know, what, what do you remember about that first year in terms of, you know, I felt like a guy that comes from Barcelona, uh, he should be starting immediately. He should be the, the main guy, but Peter kind of eased you into that more than, yeah. than throwing you into the fire. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that was the, the thing. I think he was really smart about how he wanted me to, 
to get minutes and 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 at the beginning I was a little bit frustrated with that because I was like I want to play I'm, I think I'm ready I'm ready but but he was like shaping me with trainings with the scrimmages uh, I think he made the right decision at that time um, and and as you said uh, Julio uh, was there Julio Cesar was there. Uh, he, we knew that he probably the following year would be wouldn't be playing, uh, so they were they prepared me that half a year that I was there in 2012 to to get to know more the league. So the 2013 I was I was ready, yeah. and actually I have I had a little bit of a taste uh, of the the 2012 when we play against you guys in in uh, Houston that he, we played the first leg. In Houston, we got beaten. Uh, what was maybe two, two nothing, two, two nothing, and yeah. then Julio Cesar played there, and then he got injured, and I played uh, that game at home that we won two one, but I think we we should have won that <laughs> even more. Y'all were tough, man, and going up there, you know, we we played that game a little too much, and and it cost us the next year, which is a, a perfect lead into, yeah. you know, yeah. two thousand thirteen was. Um, you know, I don't know how you feel about your career so far, but for me, 2013 was probably um, one of your one of your best, if not your best. For sure, year from, for sure. From, for a lot of reasons, um, you, you make a huge impact in KC and in MLS. You guys go on to win, um, you know, the MLS Cup. Uh, and before we talk about the international game, talk to me what you remember about that that championship year. Yeah, that was that was amazing. You know, being able to to help the team the way I did, uh, it, it was it was very gratifying. Uh, I was really pleased that everything worked out well. Uh, leaving home to go um, two thousand three thousand miles away, uh, it, it paid off at that time. And 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 winning a trophy. Uh, playing the the whole season all the minutes it was it was a great feeling yeah it, it was uh pretty incredible i think the fans you know y'all have great fans in kansas city so that that it became an, a fortress so um you know and then you had some really talented players a lot of those guys are still scoring goals and still having a big impact on the league so um you know it was a special group of players tough to be right. um, tough to play against i know i didn't enjoy it um most <laughs> of the time so um I, I would say everyone noticed that you had a great season including gerard lopez uh, i'm gonna what what is your nickname for the catalonian national team so i don't i've already butchered too many words last is it so how do you say the the nickname, La Selecio. 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 Thank you for helping La Selecio Catalana. There you go. Um, so he, he recognizes um, that you're, you know, you guys are talented or that you're having a great year. Yeah. And you're one of two non-La Liga players that gets called in for a, a friendly against Cape Verde in Barcelona. Um, and the other guys on this team are the best players in the world. Right. Um, what did that, what did that mean for you? Not only as an individual, but I'd have to imagine that your family back home, that this was, uh, probably the, the highlight of, of their, of their lives for you. For sure. Because my friends and family could come and actually see me play, which, which was, was great, you know, and being able to, 
to play with Xavi, uh, Busquets, Jordi Alba, Pique. Uh, it was it was unbelievable, unbelievable. Even it was a, a, a just a scrimmage game. Uh, it was it was a great a great present uh, for me just being able to play with them. Yeah, and, and and you say it was just a scrimmage. Why, you know, FIFA doesn't recognize you guys, but yet you're able to have these games. I know at one point, I think Johan Cruyff was the coach uh, for the yeah. team. Um, yeah. What 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 is it? You know, I guess for the people that just aren't familiar, what what is the purpose of the games? And and you know, because the players are incredible. Um, you know, what is you know why does you know why does FIFA not recognize it in terms of you know, but they still allow it essentially. Right. I feel like uh, if we wanted to compete in a World Cup, uh, obviously they, they don't allow it because we are uh, not a country. Uh, if we separate from Spain, then probably we'd, we'd be able to do that or we should. Um, but I think it, it, it means a lot from Catalan people that they can actually see just uh, Catalan soccer players uh, all together and 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 fighting against countries and and win them, as we spoke before, we have a lot of a lot of talent in our in our uh, um, country. So it's it's I think it's re- rewarding to see once once a year uh, those players playing for 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 Catalonia. Yeah, and and, and in your case, that's a, a huge uh, achievement for you. So congrats right. on that. Um, Thank you. Let's go back to MLS. You you played for a little bit longer with KC, and then there's a transfer to I, I call it Sporting Lisbon, but most of Europe now knows it as Sporting. Um, uh-huh. You know what? What did you request this move, or how did this come about? Um, you know, because clearly it's a huge opportunity. Um, you know, for those that that don't know Sporting Lisbon, I recommend you look it up. It's got a huge history. Uh, Luis Figo, you know, there's some names there that Chris, are Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, Ronaldo's yeah. another name uh, that yeah. people are familiar with. But j- just talk about that opportunity, how it came about, and and you know how excited you were. Yeah, that, I was really excited because uh, that was after the year that we won the league, so everybody was was happy with we winning the league, and and I was uh, I was up for the next challenge uh, and having the opportunity to play. Uh, Champions League, um, because we were playing Champions League at that at that time. It was it was incredible, incredible for me. That was my my biggest motivation. I always wanted to play Champions League, and having a team that they believe in me, that I could be there and and play in the probably the highest competition in the football soccer world. Uh, that was that was huge, and and yeah. And when I had the opportunity to go there, obviously it wasn't an easy decision because I was really happy here in Kansas City. But also I knew that I was young and I had to to take this chance because you never know what what will happen. Uh, so it was one of those decisions that 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 I have to say I I, I gotta do it. I gotta do it, and uh, and yeah, and hap- and it happened. So it was it was great. Yeah, and and. Um... You know, for you know, for me, the the important thing you talked about was the Champions League and then Europa League. Uh, you got experience in both of those. Um, you know, and um, for those that we joke around about, 
you know, we like to joke about CONCACAF Champions League here, but, um, you know, that is the mecca in terms of uh, Champions League is everybody's holy grail, right? That's where, you know, even you don't right. always get to go to the World Cup, but guys, some guys from other places, you know, that's the only opportunity they have to play against the best players in the world in the Champions League. So can you talk a little bit about really the mentality of a, uh, of a player that's going to Champions League versus, you know, uh, one that isn't in terms of, you know, even CONCACAF Champions League is great, but it's not the same as, as Champions League in Europe. I feel like just the moment that it kind of marked me more was when I was hearing the anthem right on the field. Uh, you know, the, the, the Champions League anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that moment I realized like, okay, now this is, this is a, a, a big step that, that, you, uh, that you are right now. And, and I, was, I was focused that uh, I could make uh, uh, myself a, a career uh, in, in these stages. And, and being able to, to play, I think in our group we had, uh, Schalke 04, we had Chelsea and, and, and Maribor, I think. And we, we almost uh, passed the, the, the second leg on that. So being able to compete with those teams that you have seen in the TV or you play in FIFA all the time, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, you know, that's, I think everyone's, every kid's dream is to, is to play in games that mean something like that. So um, talk about your time at, at sporting. It's a, you know, you, you had some success with the first team, but you get kind of shipped around a little bit, which is pretty normal at a, I don't think people realize how big of a club it is there with uh, Benfica and Porto as well. Right. Right. The big, big three. And, um, you know, I've, I've known a lot of guys that have tried to go to, you know, different clubs around the world and, and the amount of talent that one is there and that two that they're always bringing in to try to replace right. that talent. Um, you know, what was it like for you to, you kind of got moved around. I think at one point you were in the, the division below and then you got loaned out to, I think, two other clubs in the, in the first division. But how did you handle all that? And, and, you know, how did it, you know, how did it allow you to keep growing? Yeah. Um, just to correct you, I was all, all the time first, first division, but sorry, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I, I think what, what kind of happened was like when I was brought, there was one coach and that coach got fired after a year. So then the new coach came and say, I want this one, this one, this one, the rest out. And, and then I had a, a, a long contract there and I was like, okay, trying to figure out what was the best place to go to get, to get some minutes and, and, and keep, keep learning and keep being uh, in shape. And I, and I felt like even sometimes it's, you don't feel great, right? Because you want to be um, in the big three or the, the big two in Lisbon. Um, it kind of helped me also to to grow personally, but also uh, on, in the, the soccer world because you see different roles that you are not uh, used to when you're playing in a big club. So... You gotta, you gotta get physically better. You gotta. Uh, there are different formations that you are not used to. You don't have as much possession as when you are on the the big three teams. So all of these things kind of help me to to grow as a as a soccer player and to have more tools, more uh, 
uh, weapons to 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 play my game. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Um, you you had some success there. You won the. Correct me if I'm saying this Tassa. wrong. The Tasa de Portugal. Uh huh. And that's the equivalent. Kind of. It's kind of like the uh, Open Cup. Is that similar to the yeah. way we do it here? Exactly. And and that had to be. Um, you know, I'm curious because you beat Porto in the final. Is that? Uh, Braga. Braga. Okay. Okay. Braga. I'd have to imagine. You know, you win MLS Cup. And a year or two later, you're you're winning this uh, another trophy. Um, you know, it had to be a really a special moment uh, for you. And 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 you know, it's a pretty big it's a pretty big uh, big tournament there for you to win. It's got a huge history, um, right. and I know y'all were trying to keep pace with some of the other clubs and how many they won. So it's big big bragging rights there. Uh, what was for that sure. like for you? For sure, there's there's a big competition between Benfica and and Porto and Sporting Lisbon. Uh, that you cannot even imagine. So uh, every time we would play against them was a, a big, big, big thing. And being able to to win the Tasso, which usually Benfica and Porto win. So I would say the Sporting is is the the underdog uh, because those two teams spend more money than Sporting. Um, being able to win it. Uh, it was it was a uh, uh, big for for the fans and and kind of show to their faces that that we were were also good even the the budget wasn't as big as the other guys. Yeah, and uh, you know this is a little off subject. We can talk about it or not if if you don't feel comfortable. The year before, um, when I looked at this, I think the team that I think y'all lost in the final to uh, Deportivo de Aves, if I'm saying that correctly, um, which if you look at that team now, and it's it's kind of a thing in Europe, you know, and Spain's had some issues with this in the media lately, where a team was in financial ruin, um, and they end up getting relegated, and they try to punish the team, and then they kind of they kind of do this thing where they change the name of the entity and change the name of the club, and they wipe their debt out, and now they're back uh, to playing as a new team, same city, same stadium, same club, essentially, um, you know. And then we saw this off season with Barca, the money they spent on all these new players and there's guys there that are technically under contract, but they're not, they're not really able to do anything Um, for an American fan of sports. We're pretty used to, you sign a contract, you play for that team, you get paid on time. That team is not in financial ruin. So they're, they're able to, you know, continue with operations as a European, especially a a, a guy from a region that has been in the news lately. How do you, how do you look at situations like that? And how do you explain that to, to an American like me that just, just doesn't understand how it can continually happen and FIFA just essentially is like, oh, we'll make it go away or, or, or they, they find some rule where they're able to get by and, and continue business as usual? Yeah, man, I think history has taught us that uh, the, the way they operate clubs is, is not ideal. Um, there's no salary caps, there's nothing. So that, that means that if you want a player and I'm a club and you are another club, we can beat it against each other, right? And, and until one says, no, I'm going to eat double. And, and, and then the player goes there. But at the end of the day, the ones who are hurting are the clubs. And it seems like the way it's structured in MLS, having the salary cap, you know that this is what you're going to spend plus DPs. But... But you you know that you're not gonna get uh, 
too crazy or emotional with some decisions that this is basically what happens uh, in those big, big clubs, right? And when there's something like COVID, which um, uh, kind of cut the, the revenue with, I don't know, more than 50% probably, FC Barcelona then uh, uh, were suffering a lot because they, they, they didn't have the, the, the revenue that, that they expected, right? So I feel like they are on the edge all the time. Yeah, well, I, pre I appreciate you talking about that. I'm not sure, uh, you know, I've never asked anyone something like that, and I'm sure you might not get that question on camera or, or on recording, but I'm, I know people probably ask you what's going on in, in the locker rooms and, and maybe making a, a joke about it, but it, it is it is interesting to American soccer fans and American sports fans because it just doesn't, you know, you, you, you see Real Madrid's this huge club, Barcelona's this huge club, other places around the world have these big clubs where sometimes you don't understand it or, or tax issues. But anyway, let's, let's not get off subject. We're back to you. Um, and you decide to make a decision to come back to MLS. How, how did that come about uh, where you decide I'm going to go back to, back to MLS? Right. So when I was in different clubs, uh, the situation was a little bit ugly. They, they wouldn't let me go. And there was that point I was like, man, I, I was really happy. In, in MLS, I, I probably we can tell that is when I had the most success. Um, I really like uh, the culture here. Um, I knew that in the future it could be a potential place to 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 be and to stay. Um, I knew that the league was going to into the right direction. So for me, those were the 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 major points that I that. When I thought about it, is it possible to go back? Uh, came into my mind, and and you know when you are in a place that you that you want that they they respect you, they they know how you play and they value you. Uh, you kind of uh, want to go back, and and this is what what happened to me. Did Did you have any idea it would be Orlando? I, I think Dallas had the, the first shot at you, or um, or maybe they. I know they got something out of that deal. Um, did you have an idea it would be Orlando or, or you know, how did that come about? It came about because uh, the day we played the final 2013 was against Real Sun Lake that we won. Uh, and the coach was Jason Kreis at that time. So he probably uh, knew me well, that, that he wanted to, to bet on me. Uh, I think for some some sort of rights, for in case he weren't in a great position to get me, they probably had other options at that time. Uh, and yeah, having Jason Christ uh, betting on me again uh, to bring me back, which wasn't easy at all. Uh, it, I'm, I'm super grateful. Yeah, and, and you uh, you come to a team that wasn't even, I think you left before Orlando came into the league and then uh, you come okay. back and now they're an MLS team. Well, it was, you know, it was not a very long window that you were gone, but I feel like you came back to a different version of MLS than when you left. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, it's fair to say, that definitely. I feel like the league is growing so fast so that when I arrived, uh, you could see that there were more young talents there. They were bringing more uh, South Americans that, uh, they are also seeing the league as a trampoline to to go in Europe, and 
and you and you feel it, you know. Um, so yeah, I think one of the the the, the reasons I I I was really pleased was because uh, I actually could be back with a better version of myself, with a lot of experience in different uh, competitions and. And I think at that time with a new team as Orlando, they 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 benefit themselves as well from that. Yeah, and and when you left, you were you were really a part of a, a really special team, you know, and and beating everyone with KC. And you kind of come back, you know, you're you're not even the same player. You're a better version of of yourself, but you come to a team that. It's really struggling to find its identity um, when you get there. And and to your credit, you improve them. Uh, you know, you got them into the playoffs and, and you kind of set them up for this, this path now where they're starting to win trophies and being more competitive. Right. Um, what, what did you take away from, from your four years in, in Orlando? Yeah, so since the beginning, I knew that they were doing the right things. Probably... He, he, I knew that I would take some time. That's that's why I I resigned for two more years because I knew that uh, we we would getting into something. Uh, the people that were um, building it, they were very passionate. Uh, you could see that they were trying to do the right things, and and that's one of the reasons I I, I wanted to stay, obviously. And and then we made the playoffs for the first time. Um, we almost won the, the the bubble tournament that we did. MLS MLS yep. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was an indication that the, the we were moving in the right direction. And then this year they won the, the US Cup. So Yeah, that would have been that would have been an interesting game if you had yeah. um, if you had won the penalty shootout against Sacramento. Um, I know. Talk, talk to me. Um, how did you end up getting back to KC? Was that was that kind of always in your mind? Um, right. You know, I always, I always say, guys, they seem to remember their best years as their favorite right. years, and and you want to get back to to those years. You know, and, sure. um, how did that how did that come about that you end up getting back to KC? Yeah, so after four years, I I knew that I wanted to try uh, something that uh, it was a little bit different, and uh, and I knew that there was the opportunity to come to Kansas City. Um, and since the the moment that I kind of decided I wanna I wanna something new, I I we we, we speak with Peter and and we quickly agree that that was the time to come back. Yeah, and uh, you know, without I know y'all have had some bad breaks there, and and it's uh, the expectation is high and, and didn't meet that um, this season, but um, it's got to be great having you there. Uh, you know. I, my favorite position on the field is, is the number six, your position. And I think people don't realize uh, they're starting to realize with analytics, how, um, how effective you are with your interceptions, but really you've set some MLS records. Um, and I don't need you to comment on it. It's just me bragging for you. Um, you've set some records in terms of completed passes in games, your passing percentage is, um, you know, it's astronomical in terms of a guy that has that many touches on the ball. So I know that um, I know Peter's happy. I know the fans were, were very happy to have you back. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope for, for good things going forward in the, in the future for you in Kansas City. Um, let's talk a little bit about off the field. You, uh, you, 
you're a very interesting guy um, from, from what I can tell. Um, you've been on like cooking shows and uh, I think you've done some modeling. Um, I know you, you play some musical instruments. Um, but a big one that I thought was really cool was you, you seem to have a focus on education. You had it when you were in Barcelona and you brought it over here to the U.S. I think you studied at, I'm going to try this one, Kimikau, the Institute of Saria. 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 Yeah, Saria. I'm trying. And then there I know you, you I know you, I, I, I thought you went to the University of Missouri, uh, one of the one of the programs there. Yeah. Um, but you've been very vocal about the importance of having uh, an education. And, and really, yeah. I think you focus on business because you talk about your time. You know, you play for only so long and then uh, you have to go into something else. Where did where did that come from in terms of your idea to, to pursue that that dream? Yeah, uh, I think my parents both are uh, professors, so probably they they are the ones who who taught who taught me uh, education is first, and then it was soccer for so many years until I became professional. Um, so just having uh, those two p- pillars uh, um, that they were saying all the time: education, education first, uh, kind of got into me, and and it seems like. Uh, is something that I that I've been having forever because I, I always want to learn. Uh, I don't consider myself just a soccer player. There are a lot of soccer players that they they just want to do this all the time and probably they they don't have more interests. But uh, for me, it's it's the opposite. I I do have a lot of interests with different things and and it's soccer player is a cool job because allows you to to have extra time. Probably by 1 or 2 p.m. we are at home, so we have a lot of uh, uh, our own time, and I try to, to make the best out of it. Well, I'm going to call you El Professor because you're holding a pen. I feel like you're taking notes on the mistakes that I'm making, and, and, and I'm going to hear about it after. No, no. That's really cool, and, and I know Peter has been vocal saying he wishes he had more guys um, doing what you're doing versus playing video games, so right. um, that's, that's really neat. You were recently elected to the executive board uh, for the MLS Players Association. Congrats and thank you for for your service and stepping up to do that. When I was uh, a player in the league and a member of the PA, we really had trouble with the international players. Um, Some of it was a language barrier. It sounds like you speak four languages fluently. Four languages, yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's a big solve there. But we really, we really had a, a problem getting guys engaged into the issues. And I think some of it was because a lot of times guys thought they were going to come in and only be there for a few years. And it right. wasn't um, it wasn't their uh, decisions to be made. But, you know, what caused you to decide to, you know, because you have to run to be elected. What, right. what caused you to put your name in the hat to, to potentially, uh, you know, get a seat at the table? Yeah, first of all, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm very honored uh, that I've been elected because uh, one of the, the, the core things is, is to have, right? And um, I've been serving the MLSPA as a representative first in Orlando and, and now in Sporting Kansas City. Uh, and, I've, and I've enjoyed a lot just talking to the teammates uh, and, and, and see that as a group, we can bring so much value uh, to foreign players, but also like American American players with the decisions that, that are being made. 
uh, in executive levels that 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 was the the thing you know I wanna I wanna be up there so I can actually help even more people uh, to be in 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 a better place and and just being the first foreign player uh, to be in the in the eboard it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I think it's incredible. And I think with your pedigree, where you come from, that also helps because I know, um, you know, a lot of guys come from South America, they come from right. Europe, they come from other countries where um, it helps to have someone that, you know, maybe isn't uh, like in my case, it was all guys that had been in the league 10 years that right. were that were center backs. There were no forward. It was all the same position, same thing. Right. I looked alike, talked alike. Um, right. So it's great. It's great to have more diversity. It's yeah. to have someone that has the international experience and that can communicate. So um, that's really cool. You know, and again, thank you for, for that. Um, I really want to thank you for your time today. Uh, Yuri's on, uh, you're on social media, you're on Instagram, you're on uh, uh, Twitter. I don't know about TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, so I no, can't see that, but <laughs> um, he's got some, some great posts on, uh, on Instagram. I recommend following him if you've enjoyed this podcast today. Uh, you're one of the better holding midfielders in MLS, and I talked about the stats. So back me up on that. Uh, not just uh, your style of play, but um, you know you're very effective in what you do. I appreciate you so much for coming on the podcast today to share your story with us, and I wish you nothing but success and luck uh, in your future years. Thank you so much, Bobby. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed it a lot. Right, Yuri Rossell, everybody. Thank you for listening to Play by Players. Visit playbyplayerspod.com for more episodes or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a production of the MLSPA. Learn more at mlsplayers.org.